I'm Allison Lee, and you are listening to CraftCast. And on today's show, I'll be talking with Ms. Mary Hetmansberger, wonderful jeweler and author, as well as a lot of other stuff to share with you. Plus, let's enjoy a little summertime together. So let's get started. Show number 175. Starting the day again, oh yeah. Letting the sun shine in, uh oh. I'm gonna dig within myself. Uh oh. Life may be never what you think, but I think I'll just go with it and create something new. Just get yourself right into your chair. Come on, listen, you can learn to create. Something new. It starts inside you. Well, hello, hello, everyone. Oh, I'm excited to be back in front of the mic here in July, enjoying summer. Just had a fabulous 4th of July, uh, as well as, oh, yes, I was away at the Metal Clay Conference. Oh, fun was had, I'm just saying. And there's nothing like being away for, how many days was that? I think it was there for like four or five, with people who all love the same thing. (laughs) Oh, you can just stare at someone's chest and touch what they're wearing and they don't get upset and ask them about things and just start conversations very easily. So boy, was that fun. I had such a good time and a lot of my favorite teachers were there. And uh, oh, it was just swell. Anytime you can get away and do one of those fun uh, events in a particular field that you love, I highly recommend it, just saying. Uh, And I'm going to be going on another one. But first, wait, let me back up. Going, if anyone's in the Chicago area, uh, go see the play Hero, H-E-R-O. Favorite boy child, Eric Bergen, is starring in that. And it is at the Marriott Lincolnshire. Uh, I'll put a link to that over at the craftcast.com site. So I'm going to be going out to Chicago for a few days. And then I come back and then the following week I go up to see Ms. Celie Fago, the wonderful metal clay and polymer clay artist in Vermont, and hang at her studio for a few days, learning from her all kinds of wonderful things. I'm very excited there. And believe it or not, um, the thing that happens that sort of, well, I went last year. And I know I talked about this at some show last year. I practically had a total anxiety, nervous breakdown because when I got there, um, I loved the inn that I was staying in, but there was no Wi-Fi, cell phone, TV. What else that I live by? (laughs) Well, there was none of it. I'm just saying nothing. There was no signals. (laughs) There was no satellite signal. As my son said, where are you? (laughs) But I unplugged literally and figuratively and enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to doing that again this summer. So I'm going to be up there um, hanging with Ms. Celie Fago. You should look into her workshops too if you're into metal clay and polymer clay. Uh, And then I'm going to be going back to Chicago, doing a whole family thing to see my son's uh, show again. And uh, I'm hoping to maybe get up to Florida, New York. Yes, there's a Florida, New York, for something I just heard about today, which is a wonderful conference uh, that Charles Lutenbrain will be leading um, at a uh, 
uh, school up there. I just got the information today. I'm very excited. Uh, Ed Mack owns this studio, and um, he's a wonderful um, iron worker himself, uh, award-winning. I'm always, it always, I always have a hard time speaking when I, when I talk about artists that just sort of wow me. So Charles Lutenbrain is one of them as well. Uh, so anyway, if you're in that area of town, that's like upstate New York. Take a look at that, and I promise I'll have the links um, on the Craftcast website uh, so you can just check it. I'm writing a little note to myself. Workshop link. There we go. Because uh, it sounds really good, just saying. And I'd love to meet you there. Uh, so, but in between all of that, I'm working, working, working on getting the fall lineup of classes going. Plus, there's going to be a CraftCast Pro class announced, all about how to find your artistic voice, how to get up online, all that stuff that everyone wants to know about. So there's lots of behind-the-scenes work going in, um, putting the hours in for that. Very, very exciting. Uh, and, but then in between all that, I run out to work in the garden. How many of you out there love to work in your garden? I know there's tons of you. It really is a centering, lovely thing. And I have to say, knock on wood, knock on something, my garden is spectacular this July. Everything is blooming. The weeds haven't taken over totally, which is always lovely. And it's just a burst of color everywhere. It's just so much fun. I love it. Uh, and then because I was loving that so much, ooh, if you're in um, Connecticut, Westport, Connecticut, or uh, Philly is there, I think where their first store is, go into a store called Terrain. I've gone back at least a dozen times because I'm infatuated with the place. It's a home garden design center, but their design aesthetic inside, it's, uh, it just, I just love it. It leaves me just relaxed and excited and rejuvenated and inspired. It's uh, the man who started back evidently when he left college and started Urban Outfitters and then went on to start Anthropology. Now, a little old started this store called Terrain. So um, again, I'll have the links over at my site. So I, because of Terrain, I took a little workshop there one night with my friend Liz to learn how to put together terrariums. And both of us had this feeling of, remember when we did this in summer camp and you used to take mayonnaise jars, big old jars, pickle jars, and you went out to the woods and you picked up moss and all of you who grew up in the city right now are laughing, going, you did what? <laughs> but that's what us country gals did. And we would just put it in a glass jar and you watered it and, I don't know, kept it for a while. And it grew for a while. Uh, but it was so much fun to do. Miniature gardens. Anyway, I've gone hog wild over doing these miniature gardens. I'm just saying. So you can go check over at... Uh, my Facebook page, if you want to see different pictures, I just did my first one with succulents, the cacti kind, because you can't mix the cacti with the sort of woodsy, mossy plants. Learn that. Learn that. I've done a few. Two didn't work. Took two of them apart. But one, two, three of them, four of them are looking good. Looking good. So I'm enjoying that little fun summer project. There's a great book on it, too, that I saw at the store, like the new terrarium or something. I mean, it's just so, what can I tell you? I got inspired. Uh, and then here's, some, here's an app. All of you who are into apps on your iPad and your iPhone, 
I sort of love this one. It's called Popsicolor. Like Popsicle, but Pop SI color, Popsicolor. Uh, again, I'll have the link on the site. And it turns your photos into watercolor paintings, I guess you could call them. And you can play with the colors it uses. And it's pretty fun. <laughs> It's just a fun little thing. And I think, I don't know, it's something also about summer. You know, you take lots of snapshots. You can just turn them into watercolors and send them to people. It's just sort of fun. And, oh, I don't know, everything looks better as a watercolor, right? Just, it's great. So check that one out, Pops of Color. And then I've been reading this book I'm going to recommend, summertime reading, again, when I go away in Vermont, and there's no cell phone, Wi-Fi, TV, uh, satellite, nothing. I read. I miss reading. So um, I'm stocking up on my books, and I started this one, so I already know I really, really, really like it. It's called The Starboard Sea by Amber Dermont. It's good. It's about um, two, it's about some guys. Well, there's girls too, but young people who have not fit into mainstream school systems. So they're into, uh, I don't know, when I was growing up, it was sort of the prep school. uh, you know, you couldn't fit in. You sort of had to go away to boarding school. <laughs> so it's about some kids that are in that situation, and sailing's a big part of it. Anyway, there's some, it's drama. There's drama, but I don't know. I find it sort of fascinating. So there you go. The Starboard Sea by Amber Dermont. Putting it out there for all of you guys. I found it on the Oprah reading list. Just saying. And that's I think everything going on for right now, I just hope you're all enjoying summer uh, and that you all enjoyed the, uh, just finished up the 4th of July sale. Thank you. Thank you all of you who purchased wonderful recordings um, of great things to make. So much fun to do stuff in the summer too, I think. Uh, I hope you're enjoying your your recordings and your classes. Send pictures. I want to see what you've made. Uh, So that's that. So before I get to... um, I'm going to be talking to next. You're going to hear my talk with Mary Hetmansberger. Yes, her last name's a little tricky to say, and you're going to laugh when you hear what she has to say about her last name. I made her repeat this for the recording because I was laughing my head off. So, but before we get to Mary, I have a piece of music. I've played this man's uh, music before, Jack Johnson, but I love this piece. Um, It's his friends. There's lots of people in on it. It's called Better Together, Jack Johnson and Friends. Enjoy that. And then come on back, and I'll be chit-chatting with Ms. Mary Hetmansberger. of words that I could put on a postcard No song that I could sing but I could try because this is your heart and these are our dreams and they are made out of real things like shoebox photographs sepia tone love Love is the answer at least for most of the questions of my heart like why we're here and where do we go and how come it's so hard 
It's not always easy and sometimes life can be deceiving I'll tell you one thing, it's so much better when we're together It's so much better when we're together Well, it's so much better when we're together Yeah, so much better when we're together So much better when we're together All of these moments just might find their way into my dreams tonight. I know that they'll be gone. Morning light sings, oh, brings new things. For tomorrow night, you see, they'll be gone too. Too many things I gotta do. If all of these dreams might find their way into my day to day scene, I'll be under the impression I was somewhere in between. With only two, just me and you Not so many things we gotta do no Places we got to be We sit beneath the mango tree now. We're so much better when we're together mm, Somewhere in between together We're so much better when we're together Yeah, so much better when we're together I believe in memories, they look so, so pretty when I sleep in night. When I wake up, you look so pretty, sleeping next to me. But there is, there's not enough time, and there is no, no song I could sing, and there is no combination of words I could say, but I will still tell you one thing, we're better together. We're so much better when we're together. We're so much better when we're together. I want to bring Ziggy Marley up on the stage. Well, I'm already laughing talking to my next guest here, and that's because she's going to say her last name again for me, and very funny story, Mary H. We're calling her Mary H. for right now, but let me tell you something. She's a fiber and a jewelry artist. You know who she is, and she teaches around the world. She has four books. First one, Mixed Metal Jewelry Workshop, Combining Sheet, Clay, Mesh, Wire, and More, Wrap, Stitch, Fold, and Rivet. I love that one. Fabulous Woven Jewelry, and then her new book, which I totally, totally adore. Not kidding at all here. I love it. It's called Heat Color set and fire surface effects for metal jewelry it's totally fabulous okay mary say your last name now hetman's yeah baby 
Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, tell everyone this story that you just told me, because that's just too cute for words. I was just going to say, I was going over how to say Mary's name correctly, and she said, well, wait a minute. Now tell everyone what you just told me, because I love this. <laughs> well, I was I was actually married uh, for, for probably a good, uh, I don't know, four or five weeks before my husband told us, oh, by the way, there is no B in our last name. It's not Hetman's Burger, it's Hetman's Burger. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't know each other that well, so there, there, that's a whole other story. That's a whole but, other story, but, but the good news is you've been married 30-some-odd years, so it worked out regardless yeah. of the B or the right. P or the S or anything like that. Right, and and I couldn't even tell you how long I've been married either, so right. there you go. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not paying attention enough. <laughs> There's some details that aren't quite as important as we think. That's, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Totally how it is. I adore that. Don't really know how to spell the name, but whatever. I love you, honey. That's what you say. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Well, I have to tell you, and this is totally true, I love your new book. This is my sign when I know how I love someone's new book, one of the crafting people, is that it comes into bed at night with me. No pun intended there at all, but I like Carl (laughs) and I want to look through it because I'm like, I really want to study it. I don't want to put it down. I'm going through every page. It is chock full of frigging fun, interesting information. You did good. Well, thank you. You're well, thank welcome. you. I actually, I actually have had people tell me that, and I, and I don't even know how to take it because they say, "Oh, you know what? Your book goes to bed with me at night, and it puts me to sleep every night." And I think, I think, oh, it's that exciting, is it? <laughs> it is a compliment. It is a compliment because you want to look through, and what happens is you start you're looking at a picture like I am right now, and you start reading, and then you start sort of daydreaming, thinking how you want to use it, and then hopefully you do fall asleep. So it's all a nice. It's a really, it is a good thing. I only mean it that way. Absolutely. hundred percent. I was, well, I'm going to, well, let me just ask you this first, because we're already talking about the book and then I'll go backwards. But I was loving some of these frigging textures. Do you sit around like a little chemist in your studio and just say, let me pour this on and heat it and see what happens? Um, Sometimes I actually, I think for me, it's, it's really about play. It's really about experimenting. Most of the stuff I mean, most of my work uh, from the beginning, as you can see in all four books, I just really do experiment. And what I found, I had a student one time that I I got a big kick out of it. After three days of being in a week-long class with me, she came up and she goes, so basically you just make everything up. (laughs) I said, said, well, kind of. I mean, I I think I, I have a very different background as though, you know, I started from the fiber and and from basket weaving and oh, okay good um, let's hear that okay so i think my approach has been different i've i've learned to uh, you know stitch things together rather than solder them i've learned to uh use a lot of cold connections i think that i've tried to keep everything very very simple i i don't teach any classes where we use a saw Oh, you so, don't? Mm. No. So everything is done really, really, really easily. And so when I've found something that might work or that is interesting in a texture or patina, then I just, I kind of push it and see what else I can do with it. And of course I do it outdoors where I have good ventilation, but you know, <laughs> I do, I do actually kind of just play with things. Well, I can see that. 
but also in there, because I can see you have a combination. For people who aren't familiar with Mary's work, she does eclectic putting together of everything. It's a combo platter, but done in a beautiful way. So it has beautiful design to it, which is oh, which is the next thing you have to add into it. But it, there's so many. It's very free form and very engaging. Thank you. I I like. I really feel like. My favorite pieces are the ones that are very spontaneous, that I didn't plan out. I also like it when a piece doesn't go as I thought it would. You do. Okay. See, most people I don't like that. that. <laughs> oh, I love it because all of a sudden I have to think differently. And when I start thinking differently, then I start, you know, I really start exploring things. And then what happens is I... I discover something because I'm not thinking in the same mindset as I, mm. as I know it's going to work out. So the minute something goes wrong, it's like, oh, how can I fix this? And I've told students um, over the years that I really don't ever throw anything away or toss it or call it scrap. What I will do is I'll try to, you know, take that new sort of road that I'm on now and try to fix it or try to go with that direction or I will actually just put it aside and then come back and visit it. And I'm just amazed what I learn from pieces that don't necessarily go exactly the way I thought they were going to go. That is so good information so. for people because a lot of people just immediately band- abandon something because they think it didn't come out, quote, unquote, perfect. And well, I love it when it ha- I mean, I don't think students always love it, but actually they, they end up really I think um, realizing the value of that when it happens in a class, when somebody says, oh, man, I just ruined this. or And I'll go, no, no, wait. Yep. Let's think of all the things we can do to fix it or to make it different or to change direction in it. Yeah. And and I think it's I think that's what the true I think that's what truly being, you know, a studio artist is all about. It's taking time in that studio to, to kind of go in all those different directions that sort of, you know, your artwork leads you. Well, you are, it is giving yourself the freedom to follow down a path instead of abandoning before too, you know, too early. Right. But now as a teacher, because you see, that's just telling people play, be free and try something new. That's difficult. I find for certain people, you know, it's, it's that, but wait, show me exactly what I'm supposed to do. So do you, how do you approach that when you're teaching people? Well, when it's when I when we run up against that in in a classroom situation, or if just a student is trying to um, work out their own design and asking me for help, what I usually try to do is give them a, a sort of a laundry list of alternatives of mm. what they could do, mm-hmm. and then say you know, and sort of feed off what they're trying to do, and say, well, you could do this or this, and um, you know, I think. I think that helps them look at the different alternatives, or you can do a combination of several things. Yeah, that's a good idea. I I have a hard time not not you know giving them ideas, and and that I sometimes I feel like uh, should I be, should I not be, because I don't want to direct their creativity. But I do feel like that's what a workshop's about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is to at least Ignite. you know have an option. Yeah, and I love that. I mean, that's when I'm like the most. It, I, that's why I'm the most engaged in a workshop when there are a thousand different things going on in the class and I'm able to just like, oh, that's so exciting and Ooh, yeah, you could yeah, do this. Yeah. And it just keeps my mind going and, and everybody's work's all different then. Yeah. That's your most passionate place when that's going on? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. And why do you totally. think that is? What part is that? Is 
what part is that that makes because I know what you're talking about can you put words when that's happening what that is it's just the possibility of something new that's the passion? well I think I think that and I think for me it's just that budding and that sense of creativity that's happening right before your eyes yeah 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 and I and there's nothing to me more stimulating than that. I do that on my own in my studio, but to get, you know, 20 people having that experience, I just think is just it's a high. priceless. It's, it's a high. Yeah, it's, it is. A, it's a priceless high. It really is. Yeah, I agree with you. There's, it is really fun. Well, now let's just back up a little bit here as I'm, I'm, cause I'm staring at your pictures. I looked at some of your work and I think it reminds me of little paintings. It's interesting though. You said your background is fiber and baskets and all that type of work. Well, it is. I think there's a lot of uh, textural quality to my work. I think that the weaving, I think that's what I'm drawn to. But I also think that, you know, a lot of the, like you said, maybe the paintings, the small designs, um, it, you know, I think it all sort of fits in that, you know, quilting and textiles and basketry, all of those sort of, uh, I don't know, sort of, I think, blend together for me. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's the textures and the colors that's fabulous. Well, thank you. I thank you. The color is actually a stretch for me. This book was a bit more of a stretch as far as, um, you know, adding color and actually embracing it and trying to go with it. To, I love it. I, I'm real happy with this book. I, I, um, I'm real happy with the results of it. I really am. Oh, good, because you should be. It looks good. Well, thank you. Um, now, do you, you, do you mostly work in, like, do you, like your medals? You're not, you don't consider yourself or are you also a trained, traditionally trained metalsmith? No, no. totally not. Totally and in not. fact, okay. in fact, I, I would run a lot of my, my handouts. If you're expecting me to be a brilliant metalsmith, you know, you are so in the wrong class because I'm not. And, and I, and I used to feel really bad about that. I used to feel like somehow, if I'm going to teach a class that's metal work, you know, I should have that background. And I've actually taken a few, a few courses myself, and I went to the, you know, a local college and got some metal smithing um, classes. But you know, I keep going back to what I discovered and what I like, and what I think is more about my work. And even though, okay, now I know how to solder and I know how to use a saw and I know how all, to do all those things. I don't. I still don't teach that because that's really not me. And people who have made their signature work and their signature teaching from those techniques are far more far more developed and far more capable of teaching other people to do that. Yeah. I'm really good at just simple stitching and textures and fun things and spontaneous work, and I just feel like I'm better at that. But you see, that's so good for people to hear because you just, instead of feeling guilty or bad about yourself because you didn't know the exact metalsmith, you just said, no, what I know is this, and you feature that. That's like, that's the ultimate finding and branding yourself. Well, and I also think that's my comfort zone. I mean, sure. when I get into when I get into techniques that I'm not comfortable with, it's hard for me to... to to say, okay, this is how you do it. Oh, I just made a mistake because I'm not that skilled at some at some of the harder hardcore um, metal techniques. Well, I'm just, I, not that, I'm just not that skilled. I'm laughing because I'm remembering I saw you giving a demo with Chris Darway, then the two of you, and of course Chris is the exact opposite of that. <laughs> yes, he <laughs> and is. Chris was doing one thing, measuring to, you know, a hair's breadth of an ant, and then you'd be like, <laughs> I don't know, I just cut it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> 
He's so brilliant. I mean, I it was a I great combo, such, the two of you. <laughs> oh, I have such an appreciation for too. him, and and you know Tim McCrae and these guys sure. that just you know I I teach with a with a man named Tom McCarthy, mm-hmm. and um, he is just brilliant. We've taught a couple classes together, and he's just brilliant, and we have. So much fun because it will it will be just like that. I mean, the whole class is, is him showing something so precise. And you know, there are so many students that need that precision and need that yes, education. It's a, it, yes. mm-hmm. And um, and then you know, it's mine's totally the opposite. Yes. And and I really like actually how you can learn from both. You can definitely learn from both techniques. I agree. I mean, you did something. What was that? Chris was showing and measuring with calipers, and then you came over and just plopped down, I think, a wrapper for a chocolate kiss and just went yeah. for it. And it was the perfect, <laughs> perfect, like, you know, um, contrast of one way to do things and another way to do things. And it was great. Right. And they're both correct. You know, it's just picking what you... Um, you know, what, what speaks to you, but your design eye comes through. And that's also something that's very important that you, that I do believe having talked to many people, you can train a design eye, but you have gotten, where did you get your sense of design? Do you think your, your appreciation of that? Well, I, um, I think it's, I think it's kind of been always in me. My father was incredibly talent was an incredibly talent artist, and he did bird carving, and he had a real sense of color mm-hmm. and depth, and he was just very talented. We have several artists in our family. I think from a very young age, I was always doing artwork. So, I mean, if I was at a restaurant and there was a paper you know, placemat, I was, I was writing on it. And that's just the way I was. I always have been that way. I've, I always have. In fact, I've, I've, I've often said that if I was stranded on a desert island and I was given the option of a full, you know, full metal working studio, you know, fiber studio or, you know, sewing or whatever, or basketry supplies, whatever the option was, or a pencil and paper, I'd have to have a pencil and paper because I, have to be drawing and documenting and I love I love drawing I love uh, writing my thoughts down I think my thoughts I, I don't know maybe all of that plays into my designing I really I'm constantly thinking about shapes and colors and um, you know just the whole I love architecture all that kind of stuff but I, I find that it really it plays into it daily for me. Right. So when you take a nice quiet walk in the woods, your brain is really saying, look at those colors. Oh, look at that texture. Oh, what's happening over there? Yes. Yeah. And I'm picking up stuff. And my pockets yeah. are getting fuller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to take a walk with you. I love that kind of thing. <laughs> it's it's great. I mean, see, so you're constantly being inspired. You don't have to think. Um, or do you ever say all of a sudden, you know, I need some inspiration. I'm going to go do whatever. Um, occasionally, occasionally I do. I, I think for me, my inspiration is, is really going into my studio. And a lot of times if I have, if I'm having like, and I don't usually have a lack of, you know, direction. What I have is maybe, um, a stagnant place where I'm, I feel like I'm making sort of the same thing over and over again, even though they're all a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I feel like the designs are somewhat the same. So for me, it's just about taking parts and pieces and bits in my studio and start 
to start to play with them and stack them up and look at them. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, I've got 15 ideas. It just amazes me how, how quick they do come for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's getting through that, I think. Don't you think the initial energy block of just like you said, okay, I want to do a new direction, so start playing. Yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing is to start playing. I mean, I think people can really overthink it. And I also feel that when it comes to materials, they sort of have a direction or mind of their own, and they're, they're also pretty unpredictable. I mean, even though you know you can saw something, get this exact shape, uh, the way that I handle my materials, I really let them have a lot of the say in the piece. Mm-hmm. So I will allow, you know, my material to sort of, oh, you know, I'll attach them. With that, I let it happen. I don't fight it or try to make it perfect. And what I found is that I like my work better that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When I when I overthink it, I just get I just get nervous about it, and then I don't I really don't enjoy it as much. Do you like put it away? Like if you start overthinking, do you say I'm putting this aside till another day? I do. Yeah. I do. <clears throat> I I do. I I. It was interesting. I was invited to be in a, a a book that had 30 artists, and we were all given the same materials, and then we had a wild card and or wide you know a wild card material. And when I got the list of who was going to be in this book, it totally intimidated me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I actually had a, a conversation with Robert Dansk, and he, he said he felt exactly the same way. And he was, you know, we were, we both had a sense of, oh my gosh, what are we doing in this book? And then, what I did was, I literally had to just take the list, forget about it, put it aside, and, and I kept trying. I, it was almost like I kept trying to be or to do something that I usually don't do because I was trying to be. You know, something wow, or not. Something really, yeah, let's yeah. really impress everybody and do yeah. something. Well, what I ended up doing was was me, and in, and in the end, it was it was a fine piece. It was it worked out just fine. But I I so I kind of psyched myself out. I mean, initially, I was like really intimidated. So I think that was a really good lesson for me to just not you know just do what you know and keep doing what you're doing and and you'll enjoy it. And that's a really good story to have shared because that happens to everyone. I mean, it's just a mind. It's that mind game that says, Mm-mm-mm, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> well, I also think it's looking at, you know, other people's work and saying, oh, I love that work. Well, that's fine, but that's their work. Yeah, that's a and hard one. And mm-hmm. so I, I try, I really try sincerely to keep blinders on when it comes to, you know, um, my designs to try to keep my designs, my designs. I mean, and I think all influence, that's just the way it is. We're always going to be influenced mm-hmm. by, by different things that are going on or by, uh, designs and trends or whatever. But I, I really try to be true to my own designs and my own work and, um, I mean, it's, it's, and it's tough, you know, I mean, everybody knows that's probably one of the toughest things in this industry, but uh, I really, really strive for that. Well, it shows, you know, I, you must see though, when people take your workshop, I know even from using your books, I was trained as a metalsmith in the classic way. So for me to look at taking a totally different direction, 
I was like, wait a minute here. And then start following doing similar pieces until you have your own arsenal of ideas and tools and ways to work. Right. And I think that's, and you know, when I teach a class, you know, people say, can I take photographs of your work? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. do you mind? And I really don't, I really embrace and celebrate the fact that when I'm writing books, I'm wanting, I'm teaching classes. I mean, it's out there. I want it to be, um, you know, emulated. I want it to be copied. I want it to be looked at because I enjoy that part. And I do think people that, that uh, take a workshop, they do move on. They do try the techniques or the styles, yeah. and then they take those techniques that are going to work with their own work. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the goal of every anybody who's writing and teaching is to, to really say, yeah, go forth, make many, and enjoy it, and, you know, that's why I'm doing this. And then it's so cool, it's so cool to see a student who have taken maybe snippets of what they've learned from you and just fell with it and done just neat things that I would have never thought of. Yeah. And I just love that. I mean, that's just like the best high for me. And then they, then they, you know, they're saying, well, you got me started. And it's like, oh yeah, but you're brilliant. And I love the fact that they at least appreciate or realize that, you know, I, I maybe pushed them in a different direction. It makes me really feel good. Yeah. Well, that's a sign of a good teacher there. Ms. Mary, because that's how it should be, you know? You get excited by seeing what you are able to contribute to someone else. Yeah, I do love teaching. I really do. It's it's for me. It's it's kind of like a, a whole psychology in a, in itself, and I love the dynamics of a classroom, yeah. and I love the people, and people I've met. Is, it's just such a rich life to have, um, you know, to be able to have that time and have that opportunity to spend time with creative people is just it's, uh, the best. it's, it's priceless I, it's priceless i totally agree now do you also sell your work or do you not really get involved in that no i do i you sell do. my okay. work um yeah and i'm i think uh, i've made a conscious decision to prob to probably not write for for whatever length of time i've i've written the four books i'm real happy with them I was thinking the other day, what else you got to say, Mary? And it was like, oh, I guess nothing. So I think, <laughs> so I'm thinking it's time to create. And Makes I sense. really, yeah, I mean, I think I'm at that point where I've really written about every subject and direction I want to for right now. Mm-hmm. And I really want to take an, an, an amount of time off to work on my and my work and kind of push myself to right. see and think differently because I've been thinking for books, I've been thinking for teaching for so long that um, I'd like to think, you know, now that the book's out, the books are kind of like I'm going to say, I'm going to put them over here for a while. Right. I think that allows me now to think differently because um, I found it already to be true. I mean, I'm already seeing a change in my work and I'm really excited about it. Oh, yeah, that's fun. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, it all has a cycle to it. I mean, I remember when I got your the book, um, the first one I saw of yours was the Wrap, Stitch, Fold, and Rivet book. And I literally went, huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of those, well, now, this is a new way for me to think. And I yeah. love when that happens. 
And you did it again with this new book, too. So thank you. I give you a personal thank you. It's always fun to see that. So because I know how much energy goes into that type of thing. I loved even just one of the little parts that I was reading last night when I went to bed with my book, um, that you were using embossing powders. And in typical fashion of all of us who love to find something new, you want to order it immediately so you can be doing it like so many of the people who write to me in craft caps. I stayed up all night after I saw that or heard that to try. It. And all I wanted to do was go embossing powders on metals. Do I have some downstairs? When can I try that? <laughs> <laughs> they, it really works well. And I, I found that, you know, and, and this is just a technique thing. When you, when you're doing the embossing powders, I mean, you just do it like the, it's from the scrapbooking store. Yeah. It's very simple, but it's basically, you're, you're basically burning paint or heating paint on the surface of metal. Now, the problem with that is if it's not on there strong enough, you could probably off. scrape it off. Right. But what I do is I take it outdoors and I run my torch underneath that, you know, right. embossing on it. And it just sort of burns it on and crusts it on even more. And I'll tell you what, it it's pretty darn it's pretty darn on there. I mean it's it's in fact um, there's been a few pieces that I couldn't get it off of. Let's put it that way. When I made a mistake, I tried to go back. It's like, okay, well, I got a new, new piece of copper here, metal. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun technique, and it, it's definitely um, a lot of people really enjoyed that one. Yeah, definitely enjoyed very that cool. One. And you mostly, do you mostly concentrate on working in copper? Well, I think I teach mostly in copper. A lot of my, my work is in silver. But is, okay. I ne- I've never used gold. I've never, I just, you know, I've used the Kembu, but I've never used gold other than, you know, like sheet gold. But um, a lot of my work's in silver. I, I, it's both, but I teach mainly in copper. And don't forget, you have to use your silver from your talk of kisses. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's, you know, if, if Robert Danzig can have faux bone, I can have faux silver, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. It's fabulous. So now where are you? Do you have your direction? So you just said your books are on the side. You can already see it's different in your work. What do you see happening? Like what's the nugget of something that's going on there? In in my new work? In your new work that you're working on right now, yeah. Right now what I'm what I'm really working on is um there's one stitch that I think is totally undiscovered in jewelry and that is netting or the say that it's again like a button, it's called knotless netting, knotless netting or it's okay. a it's like a buttonhole and i've been using it in my work and it is actually in the new book and it was in the i think it's been in i think it's almost been in every book it's one of my favorite techniques it's it's where you basically um do a like a skin with wire over the pieces mm. and um and actually, it's you know, it's there, there's a necklace in here called Dots and Loops necklace, and that's one of the you know one of the or that's one of the uh, necklaces that have that technique. But what I'm finding is I'm using that technique um, and finding a lot of really cool success with it. Mm-hmm. Using it as I'm taking it and actually cutting it up, and I'm using it sandwiched in between pieces. I'm using it as a second skin on it on my jewelry. And I just love it. It's, it's a it's a very strong weaving technique. 
It's a bit obsessive compulsive, which I kind of like too. I mean, I can just do it over and over and over and over again. <laughs> so, but I do enjoy it, and I think um, I think I'm coming up with some interesting work. So. Mm. See, you're in that phase, so there'll be another book in your future. We know that. <laughs> you just have to put it all together. Well, everyone should go to maryhetz.com. So it's maryhetts.com, a quicker spelling of the last name, so you can see all of her work. And do you have your teaching schedule on there as well, Mary? I do. Okay, I good. do. I have my teaching schedule, and and, um, and I also have my suppliers on there. There's no big secrets. I don't sell supplies, so I tell you where to get all, you know, all of what I've got. And, um, all, and the all the links. Of, yeah, all the goodies. It's always fun. It's great also when someone's willing to share all that. And, um, oh, I see it all there. Oh, yeah. Got to go. Go over to Mary's site. You're going to love it. Well, thank you, darling, for coming on and sharing with us. And um, I'll be bringing your book to bed for a while, I'm just saying. So there you go. <laughs> no, it's in a, no, it's in good company. It's being taken well care of. So thank you for chatting. Oh, thank you so much. All right, hon. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Well, how much fun was that? Chit-chatting with Ms. Mary H. <laughs> Het Mansberger. <laughs> I love that story. Honey, you're spelling our last name wrong. <laughs> what a doll. Thank you, Mary, for spending some time here with me. Craftcast Studio. Appreciate it. Uh, and for all of you who have the Craftcast app, uh, make sure you listen to the bonus material where Mary shares with you her favorite tool in the studio. Uh, I think it'll surprise you. Uh, if you don't have the app, go on over to iTunes, get it for your uh, iPhone, or it's also available for your Droid, so you can get that. And um, and what else? And make sure you come to the Craftcast site for all the links about everything we talked about, et cetera, et cetera. So here we are at the ET Entertaining Thoughts section of the show. I have something very profound. This is where a drummer would be if I had one. Very profound to share with all of you. Uh, very important, which is make sure you do something every day that makes you happy. Okay, some of you are going, really? That's all it is? But it is so true and so overlooked and so forgotten. And the effects of doing something that makes you happy just bubbles over into everything else you do. And we get so busy. We do get busy because there's a lot of stuff on us that we have to do, a lot of pressure, a lot of deadlines, that we forget to take that time to do something that makes us happy. And it doesn't have to be something grand or big. It's just something that we go, oh, I love this. I love this. Whether it's sitting down and making that time to read your favorite magazine or taking that walk you always want to do by the water or in the woods or that you just want to paint your nails a color or you want to make that cookie recipe, something, whatever it is, it's so important to take the time to do it. Uh, the after effects of feeling happy are just, they just sort of flood over into everything else you're doing. It's just a really good thing. And it's, it's quickly, easily forgotten to just do the, the list of tasks that we must complete. I'm just saying those lists will be more fun when you do something that's made you happy that day. Go for it. Get that big old smile on your face. I love it. <laughs> I'm sort of a happy addict. What can I tell you? I love to go do something that makes me happy. So there you go. That's all I got to share with you this week. Here again from the Craftcast Studio. It is so my pleasure to be able to talk to all of you. I love hearing from all of you. So much fun. Uh, stay tuned. If you haven't signed up for the email um, newsletter, Go over to the Craftcast site, type in enter email address, stick it in there so you'll get all the 
uh, email updates here from the Craftcast Studio about all kinds of cool things happening going on. Uh, as well as uh, you can contact me at allison at craftcast.com or you can leave a voicemail at 877-819-1859. There you go. Another week. So you know what I have to say. Till next time we're together, get your butt in the chair and keep crafting. Just get yourself.